I forgot about right. Black Dog. You guys are making yeah, me, me sad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not there either. Like, I'm close, but I'm not there either. Like, <laughs> well, uh, speaking of no, <laughs> like, that's not that's not it. That's not it yet. Like, well, speaking of things that make you sad. Beep, beep. No, you know what? I'm 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 confident now. I am asserting myself. I am uh, I am being confident in my choices. What did we uh, learn from Dear Evan Hansen? <laughs> so, yeah, I am going to say. Uh, speaking of sad, uh, Dear Evan Hansen is sad because it has sad things happening to it. J- about as sad as uh, 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 Crane Alley removing its uh, pork, pulled pork uh, uh, nachos from. <sighs> I'm I'm unconfident now. You lo- you kind of you kind of lost steam. Yeah. <sighs> Let's start the episode. Click. <laughs> you bought me like two years ago well i just remember that it's sitting in the closet so i called you up just to tell you i've been meaning to listen to that i've been meaning to listen to that why don't you come over and talk about it about it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh welcome to i've been meaning to listen to that the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests i'm andrew ambrose lee and um today it's a very special episode because sean and michael my other two usual uh cohorts and co-conspirators and co-collaborators are not here today uh, they chose not to be here, partly because of a long-standing feud with our other guest, um, but also because they did not want to talk about this particular musical. Like they like were very like they pointedly chose not to appear because what's it called? They were both available. <laughs> they could have done it if they really wanted to, uh, but chose not to because I don't know. Like, we'll get into it a little later, but. Uh, they just were not in the mood to talk about this. Also, but five like, people on a Zoom, like five people would be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's true, too. So um, we got as a very special uh, co-host today, uh, Stephanie Senior, our editor and our fourth, like occasional fourth co-host is here. Wow. So hi, Stephanie. Oh, hi. hi. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, it's me. It's a me. Uh, so thank you. Thank you so much for showing up, especially today because you are uh traversing mm-hmm. uh you you are taking um your uh station wagon yep uh to uh new york city uh for a month to work on <laughs> a show of, like some that's of so those incredible. details are like, true uh, tell us a little bit about that <laughs> um i don't drive a station wagon oh. but i can fit a surprising amount of things in my prius so it's kind of like a station wagon Wait, um and i uh, well, you lied to us dear evan hansen style about the station wagon yeah i yeah yeah because yeah, somebody, somebody just as high yeah, somebody <laughs> accused me of having a station you have a wagon. station right ra- you told us you had a station wagon with like connor written it on was, the side of it yeah it was weird. Big old letters. It got keyed. Yeah. Uh, and everybody just saw me standing next to it. And they were like, oh, this is yours. I was like, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it went viral yeah. and everything. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> like, everyone sang a song. Uh, <laughs> um, but and also, I not to sound like a total downer, but I'm actually going to upstate New York. It will not be in the city. Um, but it's still exciting. Yeah, I'm going to design a, a production of working uh, at um, the Depot Theater in Westport, which is upstate by Lake Champlain. Sorry, there's a lake in Washington called Lake Chelan. 
Chelan and I always go, I always go to Chelan first. No, Lake Champlain, upstate New York, close to Vermont. Um, and I will also be uh, mixing. So I'll be up there for four or five weeks, just kind of hanging out. It's very exciting. It's my first live. I was telling Jenny earlier, it's my very first, it's my first live theater, anything since the shutdown. So it's exciting and terrifying. Were you ever, uh, <laughs> Stephanie, were you ever a bartender? Like at one point? No. But I've gotten no, asked okay. that a lot. Okay, because I would have like if you were a bartender, I would have said from mixing drinks to mixing shows. I do mix my own drinks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, that's enough of that. Uh, now we let's uh, turn our attention <laughs> to our <laughs> enough about you. Look, I'm I, that's the. You know, um, what's it called? Uh, every show needs a thing that differentiates itself from. Of course. You know, like every every show needs like its own secret recipe, whether it be like an interesting premise, whether it be like the chemistry, the, the particular chemistry between uh, co-hosts mm -hmm. like my thing, our show, however, like it, my the, the, the secret sauce to our show is that I'm bad at it and I'm rude. Uh, I don't agree that you're bad at it or rude, but I do think that the abrupt Andrew's tired of this transitions are definitely <laughs> having having done a many of these episodes. I do think that those are quite excellent. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay. So, um, well, I guess we'll have to find something new. I thought that was going to be my thing. I was going to latch on. To. Was you were um, rude but, and bad at shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's introduce. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, let's uh, introduce our uh, guest of honor. Uh, she's a former guest of the show and now current guest of the show and current friend and also former friend and future friend. It's Jenny Gleason. What's going on? I'm so confused right now. Well, it's true. Like this is like it's like we're playing with time here. It's like tenant where we're just like really like the timeline is. Um, but welcome to the show. Welcome back, Jenny. And uh, this is very cool because when we originally asked you to be on the show, this was this was going to be the one you're going to do. We were going to do Dear Evan Hansen. Then I was just like, um, the way I kind of run the show is like, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do this. <laughs> like, and, and then we did Oklahoma with, with Jess and you. Oh, and then and then a year later, we're, we're doing this. Uh, because I'm like, I want to do this now. I, I, I am basically like a wild stallion. Mm -hmm. Like that's what the, in, yeah. in the podcast community, <laughs> the podcast I am a wild stallion community. being lifted by a hawk slash eagle hybrid. Ugh. The hawk and the eagle, um, married each other. It, like they had to marry each other first, by the way. Um, like, cause that, especially if it's like an interspecies, uh, mixed race thing. You're killing uh, stuff. You have to stop. <laughs> Okay, that's I enough. was ready to let him go. I'm truly enjoying like I just I just because they had to get married first. And that's when I was on board, you know, because you can. Cause yeah, any, yeah, they, yeah. Can like uh, breed. But this is like a really Steph has a very puritanical yeah. uh, view of things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, like uh, I, I am a the, I'm the stallion being carried by the hawk eagle mm -hmm. hybrid. OK, there it is. OK, I have yeah, the yeah, mental yeah. picture now of the podcast community. Yeah. And that's what everyone says. Yeah. To no, me I've heard it. I've definitely me. heard it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, Marin. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, Marin, Ackerman, yeah. Uh, Rogan, mm -hmm. uh, the Chapo Trout, Trap House, the Chapo Trout House Scouts. Um, my brother, my brother uh, and me, I've heard it. Yeah, my, my Bim Bam. Uh, they all yeah. they all have said that about me. Um, I was uh, well, well in the on the in the vein of making Jenny wait a year to talk about Dear Evan Hansen. I th I do think um, because of, like uh, it's opening back up this year and the movie's coming out I think later this year or yep. early next year. So it's uh, you know I think the timing is great. 
yeah. And also a big reason I wanted to talk about this is because the movie's coming out, the movie's coming out and like, it's going to be, obviously the soundtrack was out and like, you know, people got to listen to it, but like mm-hmm. having a movie open up will open up a whole different like avenue of people yeah. to like, go like, what the hell is this? Like basically to like, re- truly like people will be like, so I wanted to record an episode on it before all that came out before the the circus of it all like and and everyone possible ever, ever having it taken to just to solidify mm-hmm. what i think of it right now yeah basically sorry my i was i made uh, an eyebrow at you because i was wondering if you mentioned um the circus of dear Evan hansen as a reference to pasek and paul uh and their other successful film uh the greatest, the greatest show, snow snowman the greatest yeah. snowman uh, i gave i gave you all the clues oh. uh <laughs> do you want to build a showman yeah do you want to build <laughs> um different composers yeah like uh this is our our episode on dear evan hansen the broadway musical maybe i'm not guaranteeing it um but maybe we might do just like a uh, follow up episode on the movie maybe we, uh, i just want to put that out there see people interested it but like, depends on how the stallion's feeling on that day right right right, right yeah me um I yeah, to talk about yeah. oklahoma instead you just <laughs> oklahoma again oh i gotta yeah. say it's uh, not a hard sell to get me to talk about oklahoma like you yeah. don't have to twist my arm but yeah like i wanted to talk about this musical and like um so i want to ask pose this to both of you like what is your relationship and understanding of Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, Jenny, I understood you watched it before. Yes. So I had never listened to the soundtrack. I don't do well with soundtracks, which I chalk up to my ADHD. Like there's nothing to look at and I just can't do it. So um, we actually had traveled to New York uh, in February of 2019. And Dear Evan Hansen was one of the shows that we saw. So that was my first experience of it. I knew very little about it. Um, and, uh, came away with a lot of feelings, <laughs> most mm. of them negative. So wow. that's sort of where, that's sort of where I was. And I think it's different from a lot of other folks who opened their understanding of Dear Evan Hansen with the soundtrack. And so I think those people have a really different experience based on conversations I've had with folks. Yeah. I think like most people, even detractors of the musical will agree that, oh, the songs are pretty good. Like the song, like the singing is really good. And like the compositions and the instrumentals are really interesting. And so like, even people who don't like it, you know, like and like people can admit like, oh, wow, Ben Platt has like some real talent. He's very talented. He's very good at what he does. Uh, but like when you get the whole picture of what it is, like it can affect it can like affect it but before we get into that i want to talk to stephanie i'm gonna uh direct my eyes to the left and upwards and ask her what is your what are your preconceived notions of dear evan hansen yeah um dear evan hansen came out and i was still deep in my hamilton phase like i still i wasn't done with hamilton yet yo excuse me um so i was still like very very kind of balls deep in that um and then it also came out around um come from away and I was living and so I was living in Seattle at the time and come from away workshopped in Seattle. It workshop. It was a Seattle rep like creation. So I knew a ton of people who were in the workshop of come from away. So when come from away started getting traction, that was kind of my world was like I was listening to Hamilton come from away was kind of in my periphery. And Dear Evan Hansen was not was like something I was like, oh, I want to check it out. I'm kind of interested in it because I thought that it was kind of like next to normal for like a new generation. I was like, well, this will be great. It's going to be a show about because next to normal is an excellent, excellent, excellent show about depression and mental health and deals with those things really well and then i was working with somebody who had listened to it and and he was like have you listened to Dear Evan hansen yet like we were both we talked about musicals a lot we we're both theater people and i was like no i haven't listened to it and i was like I, I you know i thought it would be kind of interesting or whatever and he was like 
Eh, like and he was very kind of lukewarm about it right. so i didn't put a pedal to the metal to listen to it and then the and then it just sort of fell out of my periphery i just got less and less interested in it um i i just it just was not it nothing about it really grabbed me once i kind of found out it wasn't what i thought it was um and then my other sort of initial experience with it is i know one of the sound designers for it so jessica just paz uh, and nevin steinberg designed did the sound design and I know Jess. So. so hi, hi to the two of them. Hi, Jess and Evan. Uh, the, the wild, the wild stallions carried by an eagle hawk hybrid of the sound design community. Um, so <laughs> yes, yeah, you could, and you could put that above the, uh, you could put that at the header of her cover letter, by the way, uh, if she wants to do that. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so for me, uh, thanks for asking, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate it. Like Andrew, uh, what were your um, what were some of your preconceived notions of Dear Evan Hansen? Oh wow, no one's ever asked me that. I'm free, and then I like start disappearing into dust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um... that's my unfinished business. <laughs> yeah, he was a ghost. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, basically in 2017, 2016, maybe. Uh, maybe 2017. I think that's when it came out on Broadway. I saw it on. Uh, it was kind of before it would like blew up because of the soundtrack and like people knew about it from the soundtrack. So it was just like a show, you know. It was it was, it was like relatively. It was much cheaper than like. It was not like Hamilton prices. Basically, it was not like impossible to like see, and stuff. Um, but I saw the show, and I I just like. Went in pretty cold. I think I listened to Waving Through a Window and I was like, okay, I get what this is. Like, I get, oh, it's just like some loser, loser dweeb in high school going, oh, I'm anxious. Like, basically, you know, just like, um, but that's what, but, and like, you weren't wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Succinct summary. Um, but yeah, like, I would, but then I just like, I watched the whole thing and the first two songs, like, uh, does anyone have a map waving through a window? I was like, oh, okay, I get what this is. I get, I kind of get it. And then like the twist, uh, the turn of that, like really surprised me. And I just like found it, I just like found it incredible at the time, at the time, I just found it incredibly, incredibly moving. I, 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 I really related to Evan a lot. I really got his, uh, I understood his whole deal of just like a lot of that anxiety and self-loathing and just um the 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 feeling of so one is like uh if i got the opportunity to be noticed then i would like really rise to the challenge of like being someone like you know like a good friend a good boyfriend a good like surrogate son all that stuff and then also like the feeling of you know i love my family i feel very connected with my family in a lot of ways but also Around that time, I was like really searching for community and like I really relate to the idea of uh, searching for like kind of like wanting to be adopted by Mm -hmm. a family, basically. But yeah, so that like feeling is something I really relate to. And um, I also just um, yeah, I thought it was an incredible show when I watched it. I I thought it was uh, really the music was really beautiful, like from from. you will be found too so big, so small. I think I was like pretty acoplectic. I was like pretty, I was like crying the entire time. I was like really, really moved. I was like really, really touched by the whole thing and the whole arc of the show. 
So then I like, uh, you know, that was a show I held very dear. And then after getting the lyrics with the actual show, with the actual soundtrack, I got to uh, understand it more because like so, like I remember when I watched like words fail I was crying but I actually didn't understand what he was saying he was just like because mm-hmm. he was like because he was crying he was crying and the way he does it on stage is like really incredible how he just like he like he says something about like trying to maintain the integrity of the actual song while while also like going and, and you, 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 you just like real like he's a wreck in mm-hmm. those moments and um so I actually didn't understand what he was saying. So like when I actually heard the words to his like little soliloquy and stuff like that, I was like flummoxed by it, basically. And then like um, years passed, I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. And like 2020, like they kind of got a their a backlash started to creep in a little bit. Obviously, when people saw it, I think people like disliked it, but it wasn't really. I think I saw like one blog that says like, these are all the problems of Dear Evan Hansen, you know, and then like it started gaining traction on Twitter of like, this is fucked up. This is a fucked up musical for like and like Evan's a pretty like like yeah, all that stuff. And I was like, like, I was saying that in 2019, man, you heard it here first. It's problematic. (laughs) That's right. We t- we talked about it. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, and I was like, when we had, we talked on the phone, we just like hung out. We just like, you know, chatted with each other. And then I was like, well, wait, wait, wait. save it for the podcast. <laughs> I didn't really get to express it until this moment. Here it comes. Jenny's like, ready. Ready for the next Open six the hours faucet. of my talking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's like my experience with Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, let's, uh, just like very briefly go through the plot of this, mo- this, uh, show. Uh, basically Evan Hansen's like this g- kid with what? Sorry. No, I'm not laughing at you. I just, I like, I, I, so I just watched a, a very, um, I watched it totally legally. Um, I just, so I, wow. yeah, isn't that great? Um, but so I, I couldn't, I literally just finished watching it today and I couldn't explain to you what the plot of the show is. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay, why okay. I laughed. So please okay, continue. Okay, okay. So, uh, there's this kid named Dear Evan Hansen. His, okay. name, his <laughs> name is Dear Evan Hansen. His first okay. name is Dear. Yeah, yeah, so he's first, a, that's his first he name. He is a deer named Evan Hansen. Yeah. Great. Right. And he finds his way um, into a high school. And he he did sing Mbop. You know, he, he has a ton of social. You can understand why he doesn't fit in. That would have been a more interesting show than the one I watched. I mean, everybody's like, why are you so weird? He's like, I don't have hands. Like he, he has a crush on this girl named Doe. His mom's like, have you been writing these letters? He's like, no, I can't. <laughs> He's like, got these hooves. <laughs> I didn't. I don't even know how to speak English. Oh, it's just a little show. It's like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay so this there's this kid named evan hansen he's a little kid he's a 17 year old boy he has a uh unspecified anxiety disorder like and he has a really hard time connecting with people um his he has a mother named heidi who's like the single mother very doting very sweet but also absent a lot because she goes to night school and also has a job as like a nurse i think um and so she's like gone most of the time basically and like we'll send like send like supporting supportive texts being like doing a good job sweetie and then evan's like okay meanwhile we uh we see uh uh the murphys larry and cynthia are the mom and dad the dad is very like kind of like a wealthy guy like you know privileged life and stuff like that and like the mom's a little more flighty a little more just like she talks about like like 
oh, I have like a different interest, like every, you know, month or something like that. I was into Buddhism and then I'm into this, blah, blah, blah. And then Zoe's like a regular band kid. She's like a re regular like band girl. And uh, Connor is like this uh, emo, like stoner, like very depressed kid, basically. So uh, Evan has a broken hand uh, and like he has a cast and his mom says like, hey, get your friends to sign your cast. And he doesn't have any friends. So it's he and and even when he tries to connect, it's very difficult for him. So uh, caught like uh, Connor knocks him down after some misunderstanding. He has this really painful interaction with Zoe, like his crush. Basically, Evan finally breaks down and like has like writes himself this letter for therapy of just like, dear Evan Hansen, today actually isn't a good day. Yeah, because you suck and because like Zoe doesn't like you and I have all my hopes pinned on Zoe and that's probably not going to solve anything. And then he writes it out and then Connor finds it and he's like, what the fuck is this? But, but like before that, he like um, before that, uh, Connor, Connor and Evan have a brief connection like they kind of like, uh, oh, we're, we're both outcasts. We're both weirdos, all that stuff. And Connor like in sharpie like writes his name on uh evan's cast basically and then like but then he finds the letter like the therapy letter and he goes like what the fuck is this and then he like like storms off and evan's like super anxious so then a few days later like connor has evan's note and evan's freaking out he's like oh no what if like zoe finds out i'm a huge pervert all that stuff <laughs> And, like truly that's yeah, kind of no, like right. his you're fear right. and that's stuff like that right. he, like <laughs> i'm laughing because you're right <laughs> uh, we find out uh from uh larry and cynthia that uh connor has completed suicide uh off off stage a and like uh they they see the note and go you were friends with connor basically and then like evan tries to deny it but they see the writing on his cast and then he runs off and then his then Evan goes to his friend Jared, goes like, hey, what do I do? Oh, no, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like it's hard. So can I interject yeah, yeah. that um, just as a point of clarification, that the Murphys actually believe that Evan's note to himself was Connor's suicide. Note. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Connor had it on him when he was when he was when he died. Evan goes to Evan goes to uh, his friend Jared, who's like a real dirtbag. And Evan says, like, hey, what do I do? Oh, no, what do I do? And then Jared's like. Don't worry. Just don't sit. Don't deny what they're saying. Just like kind of just like nod and like smile and the, nod, smile and nod, smile and nod, smile and nod. And then uh, he has dinner at the Murphy's house. And but like the smile and nod plan goes out the window when Zoe like really interrogates Evan about this. Like, how did you meet? Like, where will you blah, 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 like really, really interrogating him. So he has to make up stuff. He has to like make up. Uh, we met at the uh, orchard. Like, uh, like, he, yeah, he completely starts lying. Right. And to get out of, you know, the situation. Like through like in, so. a lot of serendipity, a lot of coincidence, like we went to that orchard, like we went to the ice cream place, all that stuff. And then he starts singing a song for forever, like really just like painting out this picture of just like what the story is. Like uh, Connor helped Evan when he fell out the tree. Basically at this point. Yeah, no, this so you're you're describing this and I'm realizing how plot heavy it is on the front. Right. But yeah, it's, but yeah so at this point he's he's now lied. Um, and he's like kind of invested in the Murphy family and now he's got to like 
supplement the lie. So now he's kind of he's talking to um, Jared and whatever the Alana is the other. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, She's so yeah, like, yeah. consequential to the story. Um, so he's talking to like the two people that he kind of can talk to. Uh, he gets Jared on board to start manufacturing emails between the two of them because nobody believes that they were friends because nobody ever saw them together. So now it's like now we have to have a secret hidden relationship, and then. There's what I don't remember what the other gal's role is. There's like a society or something. Alana was Connor's like lab partner. And Mm. so she is interested in keeping Connor's memory alive, but is another person who sort of wants to appear closer to Connor than she actually was for a day. Yeah. So he starts fabricating emails. The the mom and dad kind of start buying it. Like Zoe's a little skeptical, like they sing Requiem, which is beautiful. And then, um, you know, like basically like two um to uh Zoe's mom, like Cynthia, Connor's kind of come to life again. You know, Connor's alive again and like uh oh all that beauty like I I really suspected was there is actually there. Yeah. So he I mean at this point he's kind of on a roll, right? He's just kind of like he's 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 lied, he's invested in the lie, he's he's trying to flesh out the lie, and he's and as this is happening, he's getting closer to this family that he likes. And they're you know, the parents that like love love him and are doting on him and the daughter that he wants to be with. And so now from he, I feel like from here now, the rest of the show is just the consequences of that. But yeah, it's very it's very plot heavy on yeah, top. So then like he um He's lying a lot. You know, he, uh, you know, sings a song to like when Zoe interrogates him even further. Like, what did he mean when he said, like, all my hope is pinned on Zoe? You know, he starts like confessing his feelings for her under the guise of uh, this is how Connor felt about her. Like, this is like the the sibling love that she had that he had for her. And uh, Evan kisses her and she she kind of gets upset. (laughs) <laughs> justifiably and then like uh he's like okay i get i should i should tell the truth I, like but then alana's like people are moving on to the next thing like with connor like people are forgetting about him like people are like people are sad people are like writing fa- tributes on facebook going like uh rest in peace connor you're a funny guy all that stuff um but not really um so then he has this like he has this vision of Connor going like no one deserves to be forgotten. Like you have to make sure that I'm remembered so that in and in proxy, Evan is will not be forgotten, basically, you know, and like I have an impact. I have a blah, blah, blah. And then like he gives a speech to like a auditorium in memorial to Connor and the speech goes viral and then, like Zoe comes around to Evan, saying, "Like you brought my brother back." They kiss, act break. They start. They start dating in Act Two. Zoe, sorry, they is Zoe and Evan start dating in Act Two. Right. Um, and then this is we only have an hour for Act Two, so this is where everything has to unravel. <laughs> yeah. And this is where. Um, and I don't remember what the catalyst is. Oh, it's because um, his mom kind of confronts him. I think so. He right. his he and his mom get into a fight, and she's like, "You're hiding things from me. You're not taking your medicine anymore." And he's like. I don't need it, um, is, which we all I know think is. that Alana said Alana starts really doubting that he was friends with Connor. So he provides the note to Alana who posts it on the Internet. And then that goes viral. Yeah. But the, before that, the Murphys invite his mom over for dinner and then they kind of they want to like, like this pay for his on. college, basically. Right. And like she finds out he's got this whole double life. And then he's like, I don't know. Do I tell? And then, you know, here's this note. And then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then the note goes viral. The the Murphys get really mad at each other. They like are kind of like fighting and like con- like really pontificating like why why, you know, Connor's gone and like who's to blame for it. And then like Evan confesses everything with words fail. And then 
they are they like cut him off basically evan like goes home he's like wrecked with self-loathing and stuff like that and then his mom like comforts him by like singing uh so small so so big so small about just like hey you know when your dad left i thought i had nobody but you were there and i i made a promise to be with you and i made a promise to I chose to stay stick with you and I knew I was just going to fail, but I'm still doing it. You know, I'm still, ultimately I'm still here for you. And that like helps Evan keep going. And then, and then at the end he meets like a year later or so he meets Zoe at the orchard and stuff like that. And they were like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we like met now instead of like last year or whatever. And like, basically the reason Zoe wanted to bring him to orchard is like to say like, you you made this orchard happen. You made this happen, basically. And then like Evan like writes himself a new letter saying, like, you're gonna get through this because you're you and that's enough. And then the show ends. <sighs> so that's the show. Uh <laughs> that was well done. I was very well done. That was very well done. Yeah. That was a lot, yeah. but that was well done. So what do you what what do you think is what do you think the show's about? Like what do you think? This show, it what what is this? This okay. show is part of a trend that uh, started in the early twenty teens. To um, in my in in my opinion, we started really looking more at white men and trying harder to explain the terrible things they do and to justify them. <laughs> This mentality is what brought me into Dear Evan Hansen, which is part of why I have some negative feelings. I had just watched 13 Reasons Why, Uh uh, one of the later seasons, which spoiler alert, plug your ears if you don't want to know. The the rapist from the first season is deeply humanized and fleshed out in later seasons. No, no. It's gross and terrible. No one wants. And that. then I had seen uh, the Daniel Fish production of the Oklahoma Revival, where we really oh. focus on humanizing Judd Fry, which I thought was a fascinating take. But again, why do we have to keep coming back to these white men who do terrible things and talking about how actually they're sweet and vulnerable and we should feel bad for them? And then I saw Dear Evan Hansen, which literally is about how this white man does terrible things, but he's actually sweet and vulnerable and we should feel bad for him. And I was like, I'm over this. We're over it. This is done. Right. <laughs> so to me, that's what it was about. But I have a slightly more constructive thing to add, which is uh, I read an interview with the writers or part of an interview where they they talked about um, I forget which of them it was, knew someone who had died by suicide, I think when they were like in college and witnessed everyone else attempting to demonstrate how they knew the person Mm. and to sort of like get a piece of the attention and the mourning and the grief. And so um, thinking about that and the influence of social media, that they wanted to construct a story that explored these themes. And personally, this is close to my heart because I knew someone who died by suicide in college, a classmate of mine, and I didn't know her very well. And I always had to keep reminding myself I didn't know her very well because we all sort of got swept up in this, like memorializing people were doing like song tributes. And I had one other Mm. friend, one other classmate who really got sucked into this and she didn't know her hardly at all. But she was having dreams about her and talking about what she thought happened. And um, not unlike Connor, Laurie, the girl who who died by suicide, um, had been gone. She was missing for several days. Oh, wow. And we didn't know what happened. And then they found her body and we still didn't know what happened. And then they finally found a note. So there was this whole thing. So this to me, that really resonated that we would have this community reacting to the suicide and kind of unsure what to make of it. And everyone's sort of trying to like find their place in it. 
Um, so I thought that that was a very interesting idea for, for a show, which yeah. I think also was part of why I became so disappointed <laughs> in the turn it actually took and the, and the, the characters who didn't didn't get attention mm-hmm. in this story right. because I didn't feel like that was just. Yeah, it's I, I just it feels rushed to me. Like it feels like it needs more drafts. It feels like the songs are in the wrong order. It feels like the they they needed to go through a few more drafts to figure out which character it should be about. Do you know what I mean? It just feels like it feels like a workshop draft. It just doesn't feel so. I don't know that the show knows what it's about. Like that's Jenny. That's interesting what you just said. And that, like like that's interesting, but I don't find that in the show. You know what I didn't what I mean? really. Yeah, I didn't see it too much in the show right. either. And and I agree with you, Steph. And I, I have felt from while sitting watching it, like this is very tonally confused. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's this very like kind of sitcom setup, like you said, Andrew. Yeah. And then the sort of the sort of, um, you know, comedy of errors that occurs mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. Evan says, but it's, you know, it, it wasn't Connor's note. And then she sees the name on the cast. Like these are the type of things that typically happen in a comedy. Mm-hmm. Right. And this isn't a comedy like this. You can't make a comedy out of this material, but it felt like they were trying. And that that seemed very distasteful. Yeah. Like if Heather's was a drama, it would be this show. And and it's a perfect example of why that show, because that because Heather's is a show about this exact thing as a comedy. And 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 Veronica, Winona Ryder's character, is in the middle of it, staring at everybody going, what are you doing? None of you liked this person. She was horrible to you. And you all think she died. Like, you all think she killed herself. And now you're like, and that's funny. Like, that, it's, like, darkly funny. And this felt like it was trying to do that, but be serious about it. And it just didn't. I compared it to, like, uh, you know, BoJack Horseman. Of, like, the thing that I think, a show that I think does that well, of, like, this, the funny ridiculous with like the profound and sad and depressing because also like life isn't always serious or life isn't always funny like and grief is like you're not always like weeping on the floor you're sometimes you're just like going through your day or like having a nice time with your friends and like having a normal conversation but you're still thinking about it and stuff like that so and the point about like the last one i want to like address like the white man criticism like which is a very valid criticism Mm -hmm. and especially like in 2016 onward, yeah. we're kind of like a little tired of that, you know, it, but I think on some, it's I feel very mixed on it because I think everyone, every single person has like has like a backstory. Every single person has like a in, you know, and also like the idea of like because this is a theater production, you can kind of play with like the casting you could play with like maybe evan hansen's asian or like black or or like the murphys they're an affluent family but like maybe and like maybe they're a different race and stuff like that and that's like that like makes some interesting like and it's also like playing like the idea that like evan is the perpetrator but he's like poor his family's poor basically and that's like complicated i think that to me makes it more complicated than like oh white man perpetrator blah 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 yes i hear yeah i got into an argument with a friend about this once because i was like i don't have any time for mediocre he was he was obsessed with jervin hansen and i was like i don't have time for mediocre (laughs) white men and he was like well it's nothing there's nothing in the script that he has to be white and i was like yeah that's true but having seen this now i firmly believe that like if evan hansen was black it would change the show. He's written really white. He's written really white. Do you know what I mean? I mean, mm. that's me. I'm a white person, so like I'm not an authority, but I think that casting him non-white changes a lot of dynamics of the show. Not necessarily in a bad way. Do you want to interject? I actually saw a non-white Evan Hansen. Oh. You would have so, seen Jordan? Um, no. Shoot. What was his name? Uh, he was the understudy. Idris Elba. No, uh, no I think his name was Zach. 
was Zachary. If it was Idris Elba, you would not hear me complaining about this. On the outside, always looking in, we're like... I mean, Ben Platt looks almost that old now. Ben Platt's younger than I am. Ben Platt is like 26 or 27. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah, it looks... I mean, he makes it work. Yeah, I... That's a, I was going to say, Jenny, I'm interested in the thoughts. Like, do you think it changes the show at all? Um, well, I should also say he was the understudy. It was him and a bunch of white people. It was people. him and a bunch of white people. <laughs> I was not super impressed with his performance. OK. Um, mm. And actually what I thought was I might feel differently about this if I had seen Ben Platt, because as the person who originated it, I think probably he has a different. Um, yeah, just a different, absolutely. a very different feel. It, it was molded to him, like the role was yeah. molded to him. Basically. Right. And even listening, I hadn't listened to the original soundtrack until this week when we were planning for this podcast and I was blown away by his vocals. I mean, he's right, really a yeah. powerhouse. And so really looking at it, I think you'd have to have such a tremendous amount of sweetness to make it work. Oh, yeah, sure. that's like a huge reason why the show works. Like this, this, this actor was, was, was okay, but he didn't, he didn't quite, I don't think have the, the, the qualities to like carry it off. Right. I didn't, I didn't notice any awkward racial stuff watching mm-hmm. it even knowing that it was originated by a white a white actor and that this actor was non-white um but it didn't stand out to me and it didn't it didn't change too much of the show if anything i would have hoped it would make him a little bit more sympathetic and it mm. well, for me it didn't. i also read somewhere that like there have been other people who played evan hansen instead of like leaning into like the try to replicate the sweetness of ben platt like the inherent sweetness of ben platt they kind of made him more lecherous they kind of played into like knowingly like decept- like kind of like playing that so i think that's like it really like i i find that interesting but like i want to get into like my like kind of like the themes i think of like evan hansen like that are interesting is like the idea of I think it grappled like more broadly than every everything else is like it grapples with the fear that a lot of depressed people have, like or people who have like had ideations of suicide in the past. The the thing they and I've definitely like thought of this, I, I like been concerned with this, uh, the idea of would anyone care if I disappeared? Like, would anyone notice or care long term? Like, truly, like maybe like I've had that fantasy of just like wanting to see what people said to me at my funeral, like wanting to see the nice things people had said to me, like would say to me or like write about me, um, you know, and in, in, in a not like Huckleberry Finn way, like, um, but the, and also the idea of, because they're like uh, people who don't have like a platform who do, who are not famous, who are not like, or even just like in high school or like in those, like not popular kids, not like particularly talented kids who, uh, fall through the cracks basically so yeah it's like the, the the there's an implication in the show that evan had a suicide attempt when he fell off the tree he was like kind of letting go basically and then that didn't work out like that he couldn't it, it, he only broke his arm basically and then he like laid there and no one helped him and like that despair and loneliness so just like that's and and like yeah i it's there's a part of me that's like get totally gets the mediocre white man thing but there's a part of me that's just like damn like no one deserves that like no one like everyone like yeah just like on a human level and i mean i'm not trying to i'm not trying to totally be like white (laughs) men complaining i do i do think that evan uses the circumstances he's given to work out his own issues yes absolutely and i i think that that is both understandable 
but also problematic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, I to me though, I think that's, I think it like maybe he doesn't experience like actual, like he doesn't go to jail or whatever, but like he, uh, when he confesses, he recognizes the enormity of what he's done. You know, I can't talk my way around this. I just this can't, there's nothing I can say that will fix this for. And th there's nothing I can say that will um, there's no explaining. There's no like I was in a my mom ignored me. My dad, me and my, my dad got divorced. There's no explaining that will makes that makes it OK. And I think the text of the play reckons with that. I think. A little to me. I, I, I wanted to see more uh, from sure. mm -hmm. from you will be found on. I was like, well, now we need to see the consequences catch up with Evan. And mm -hmm. I didn't really feel like that happened. Like there's the I one scene where so the family. Song order in the show. What, yeah, the family reacts badly and he feels bad. But then the last scene is Zoe trying to make him feel better. Yeah, sure. And that was when I was like, I'm done. I'm done. This <laughs> right, show is not right. is, every character in the show is only interesting when they're interesting to Evan. And that's really problematic. Oh, yeah, that's, and that's and that's the shitty white guy part about it. Tim. Yes. Me. Yes. You know 100%. I mean? He uses uh, not. Yes. He, he uses Connor like he uses Connor as like more of a symbol to like kind of like get what he needs to get like and to work through his like his very valid problems. But like to. um you know as a means to like work through it and but also he he uses jared he uses like and he treats not only he does it would be one thing if he uses them and then says hey thank you so much i know this is a really awful position like he's like he's like very like obviously because he's like scared and he, he feels so so much guilt all the time and it's like him re lashing out but like that he like treats his mom really bad like he treats his mom really bad he treats jared really bad alana really bad like, i mean zoe becomes a total like wet rag when he starts dating her like she's more interesting to him when she is something he can't have and then he gets there and then he's like oh well you know and then she's like i want to talk to you and he's like oh you're gonna break up with me and then she's like no i'm not gonna break up with you and he's like okay well then and like like her stage time goes down everything she has to say from that point on in the show is boring and not useful and not interesting and doesn't say anything about her character like none of the none of the other characters in the show besides evan have a character that is not related to evan absolutely yeah i totally see that so that, that's one theme and the other theme is just like like there's a cynical reading of the play that we need lies to get through our lives, because if we saw the truth, it's like a grim. It's like it's grim. It's bleak, you know, and that. But then like there's another read that like all of like Evan's lies, the way a lie is easy, more easily believed is if it's if there's a kernel of truth in there, basically. If like Evan's whole story is made up like that, he was Connor's friend was made up and that story where you know, he fell off the tree and Connor helped him is fake. Does that make the message of you will be found fake? And gotcha. to me, does it like, diminish? The and value. to me, okay. no, like that's it's still true and it's still beautiful to Evan. It wasn't true until the very end. I'm just having the worst, the, the actual worst thought, which is um, a lot of the information that we have about hypothermia and the process that occurs is because the Nazis froze people to death to see what would happen. Do we still use that information? Yes. So in a similar way, <laughs> even though this inspirational glurgy viral video came about through, let's call them nefarious means. Right. It still is inspiring to people. It's still bringing people hope. We don't want to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. Um, right. 
So I'm with you, even though I just had to bring in Nazis. But well, and but Jenny, to your point, I think, and I think Andrew, to your point as well, is is that like the, one of the things that I think is is semi successful about this show is that it doesn't. It's a it's it's a call out, not a cancel. You know what I mean? And it was created in a time when everybody was like just ready to cancel everybody. You're canceled. You're not allowed to do anything anymore. And we've graduated kind of in the last five years like but we've we've kind of graduated to like we're willing to call people in not cancel them immediately and i think this show is semi-successful in that where it's like he doesn't get he's not you know we don't get to the end of the show and he's like a total social outcast and no one likes him and he comes in and he's like no one wants whatever he's like no i'm you know like i'm enough and i've learned from this and like he he lets himself learn from it and demonstrates learning and demonstrates the ability to be called in, you know? So I think that's kind of successful to your point. Because like, I think you, the proverbial you, you're the only one who's going to hold yourself accountable. Like the internet's not going to hold you accountable. Like some, yeah, like you're even like your mom or your friends are going to hold you accountable. Like truly like, cause you could do whatever you want. Um, and Evan chooses to learn from this. Evan chooses to like, well, I can't fix this. Like this is too enormous. Like uh, what I've done is so enormous and so hurtful that I can't go like, Hey, like any like attempts of him going, like, Hey guys, I'm really sorry. Blah, 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 like would not help. That would make right. things worse. So like he, um, so yeah, that's like kind of, he learns to hold himself accountable in a way and like yeah and like, and like Zoe doesn't take him back yeah, yeah Zoe doesn't there was take a moment back. where i thought she was going to take him back and i was going to no. like get up and walk out of the theater i was like how <laughs> oh much of these tickets no. are out of here he was shown mercy by the murphys you know he was shown like you know because also like they're grieving like they don't need to cause more grief in the world like i don't think that's they understood him but still didn't take him back still didn't give him a second chance in that way and that's like i feel like that's consequence in some and and he has to also he has to live with the fact that he did this for the rest of his life for the rest of his life he has to live with the fact that he just did this and is capable of doing this you know that's a lot that's a heavy thing to I, I don't always think consequences are always external. Like sometimes they are very internal. Just the consequence of now you have to live with knowing what you've done is when mm-hmm. we disproportionately use for white men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, take a quick break and get into highlights and lowlights right after this. Click. And we're back. Ah! <laughs> That was the hockey goal. <laughs> and we're back. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, and we're back. And uh, let's go through uh, low. Let's go through um, uh, what what's a what's a low light song or or even just like, oh, a takeaway. That's a low light for you. Kind what of. What was the act one finale we were just talking about? You will be, you will be, you found. Will be found. I, yeah. I don't like that song. I don't like that song. No, I that, that song does nothing for me. It elicits wow. no response in me because but what it is to and I was I was trying to think about it today and I was like, what is it about that song? But it's because it's clearly written to be like anthemic and inspirational. And it's not sure. it doesn't feel personal. It doesn't feel grounded in anything. It doesn't feel connected to anything. It feels like it's supposed to make you cry. And mm-hmm. that feels really fake to me. It just feels like it doesn't feel you know, in the same way that like, I don't know, pick a different act one finale. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like in the, 
in the way that like, I mean, I don't want to compare Dear Evan Hansel to Hamilton, my God, but like in no. the way, but in the way that like nonstop, I will listen to nonstop, literally nonstop. Like I will listen to that song over and over again because mm. I think it's a great piece, but it's also an excellent act one finale. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? I agree. Yeah. But like, and you know, incorporating all the songs together. Yeah. Right. It's an excellent act one finale in a number of reasons. And I just, I don't know, but I just, but that's a, that's a theme for me with Pasek and Paul is they, it's like they're trying to write really poignantly and they don't ground it in anything. So it comes off as just like we went, we put our words in the inspirational song Mad Libs and here's what came out. You know what I mean? Swap You Will Be Found with uh, This Is Me and it's See the same it song. It's the <laughs> same song. Honestly, that's why I can never remember You'll Be Found because it always, it always uh, turns into here I come, get marching out. It's the, to me, they're the same song. To your point, like the line where like, in the there you will be found like there's a line where everyone needs to hear this with everything that's happening in the news <laughs> you know just so it's like evergreen you could fill it in with like oh yeah, yeah. it is like the news the news yeah. is bad yeah you could like like trump election and like ocean fires the same right. just fill it's it the in. same <laughs> thing yeah evergreen yeah. is the right word yeah yeah tiny like, side tiny side complaint uh talking about let's humanize the shitty white guys Greatest Showman is less humanized, oh, shitty white guys. Hello. The musical. <laughs> I like it. It's 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 got some. I, see, I like the tunes, and I actually yeah. did cry at "You Will Be Found." But, I, when uh, I can buy into the world of like a play, I will fucking I'll cry whenever you want me to. And I think it's because I don't buy into this. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but like the the line, uh, the thing I like about "You Will Be Found" though is like the idea of I like the churning in your stomach of like, oh, this is wrong, like. Oh, I don't like this. You know, sure. I think that's good drama. I think that's good. Like, because the end of just like Evan kissing Zoe and like, you know, Zoe kissing Evan basically and going like, you know, it's like, yeah, he got the girl, but also like, oh, no, he tricked her. But also mm -hmm. like, this is a really beautiful message. And then like, oh, no, this lie has gone out of control. I think that's good drama. I think that's good. Like and like the fact that like. To me, at least. Like, and I don't, I still, like, don't necessarily disagree with you on that. I also think that song order in this show is wild. Like, I don't think that You Will Be Found should be the Act 1 finale. I think um, Only Us should have been the Act 1 finale. First of all, it sets up the conflict of their relationship a lot earlier so that when he breaks her heart, it's, like, devastating. But it's more personal and it's smaller so that, like, the thing now is that, like, th then basically the, the irony, or, like, the sort of drama, the, the arc of Act 1 is no one notices me and now he's getting noticed and he's getting noticed by the one person he wants to notice him the most. And she's like, hey, I don't want this to even be about my brother. I want this to be about us. And it, that's the song of them getting together. And then in Act 2 when he's got to tell everybody like I think you will be found actually should have been earlier in the act. Yeah. What about you, Jenny? What's a low light for you? Uh, my least favorite song is definitely Sincerely Me. Oh, oh it, really? It's demented. It's demented. And it's the thing that was most upsetting for me was watching it in the theater. Everyone was laughing. Mm -hmm. Everyone was on board with it. And I'm oh, like, it's a truly upsetting song. But this is a really homophobic like song turning a suicide victim into a meat puppet. You literally brought him out on stage. And are putting words in his mouth to gaslight right. his family. And it's funny. I was so upset, just deeply, deeply disturbed. Like, sure. Sorry. I, uh, yes. And I want to I want to also say I do. For me, I think there's a distinction between how the songs function in the show and then the songs by themselves on the album. 
So that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because like sincerely yeah. me, you're right. In the context, I mean, in context, actually, I guess out of context, too. But in context, it's terrible. But like, it's really fun. And like, I like the I like the harmonies in it. I like when, you know, Connor is the most interesting character in the show to me. And I think the actors, I think Mike Feist is really great. And I think they sound great on it. But you're right. It's a horrifying song. But you say <laughs> Connor is the most interesting character in the show, Steph. What do you know about him? That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, and I'm saying, but I'm saying Connor, bef- like when he's actually in the show. Right. But like, we I'm don't know anything about Connor. him. We see him for four minutes. But I want to is the thing. I don't give a shit about Evan. And in the so I read the novelization of Dear Evan Hansen and they kind of like so that I actually like what they did with that. Like, and I don't know if it's like like they read the criticism, and go, oh, we got to change this or they just like gave the the novelist all their notes and like this is what we're planning on doing like because you know when you like write something and it's like you come up with like backstories and backstories and backstories and then like here you have it and so like we can't fit it we have an hour left we have to like we can't we have to cut you a bunch cut, of stuff yeah absolutely. But yeah like the idea like at the end like the thing they changed the thing they like made very different in the end which i think would have saved the show and like really addressed your criticisms is like connor's friend actually does show up at the end like someone who was actually connor's friend shows up and they had like potentially a romantic relationship some about that and then like basically like evan shows uh zoe like some of those pictures of like them together like hanging out and stuff like that and like here's who he really was you know and stuff like that and that would have like and it's also like gives like connor more backstory like because it's like a lot of it's from uh switching off from connor and evan first person accounts basically of just like we get to see we get to hear connor's like what was connor like in second grade you know how did he meet his friend blah 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 but it's like, you know, you don't expect people. That's, that's also, I totally get why people wouldn't want to read that. Like, Do you know why? Because because you should be able to tell me a complete story in two and a half hours. And yeah. if, you, if you didn't tell the story you wanted to tell, you did not do your job. This is the other complaint. This is like my overall other. We're not we're not on me now, but th- this is my other overall low light is that I don't think that the music is earned in the show. And I don't think it serves the story very well, which is my which is my big Pasek and Paul complaint is that they just write like this is a good pop song. But doesn't really do a lot for this. Do you know what I mean? As far as like the songs and like, you're right, it is really ballad heavy. And that makes Sincerely Me like a needed break. Yeah. Yeah. And yet it for me just made the tension like a billion times worse. And I I read a I read an interview with the actor who played Connor, who said the big challenge for him was getting the audience to know this character in the four minutes that he spends on stage actually playing Connor. Yeah. And he said he came up with this backstory for himself that Connor has a goal to connect with someone on the first day of school mm-hmm. and it goes so badly that that's the catalyst for his suicide. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, that's yeah. heartbreaking. But we need to like, yeah, I think it's like really interesting. I, I think, uh, yeah, so this is like totally off topic, but like, kind of just that made me think of that. The, the idea of like, um, not off to- that dot. It's still about dear Evan Hansen, but like the idea of like Connor is like traumatized Zoe. He traumatized yeah. her. He, he, mm-hmm. he like he like and like you you could argue the same thing about like, uh, you know, if you feel like if people feel this way about Evan, I just like, uh, why are we like, you know, try to delve into like the the the, the white guy guy like he, you, you could argue the same for Connor. I'm just like, oh, maybe he doesn't deserve like a, you know, explanation or backstory or stuff like that. But I think I think fundamentally that's not true. I think like I don't know. It's it's which is actually addressed in one of what I will bring up as a highlight later, which is Requiem, 
because I think that's what the whole show should have been about. But we'll talk about that in detail later. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, my lowlights are kind of just generally I don't like Basic and Paul. Um, and then Jenny's were yours were Sincerely Me. Did you have any other ones, Jenny? No, that really is that the was worst. Your big one. Sincerely Me is is kind of like uh, the thing I don't like. Like it like makes it reduces definitely like the if the show is like for the Connors of the world, for the Evans, for the Connors of the world who feel like left out and like uh, overlooked by the world, like then to treat Connor as a plot point or like a yeah. puppet or so, is like is counterintuitive to that, basically, yeah. which is my Absolutely. big valid criticism. And to actually um, bring out the actor and to have him act it. it all out mm -hmm. to me was like so disrespectful. And it's also like you're only going to get so much by having the play be from Evan's perspective, pretty much. Right. So the idea of you, the arc, the arc he goes through is like he he tells Zoe, hey, I read the 10 books Connor liked to get to know the real him, to get to a little bit understand the real him. But it's still I think it's like there's so like I think seeing the show i totally get why someone who's has been in connor's position is like i don't like this is this is very upsetting for me this is very hurtful to see basically yeah, yeah. though it is also a pet peeve of mine when people say nice things about shitty people after they have died oh yeah and we see that happening too so it's mm -hmm. it's also not like oh connor's great i want to hear more about him like you said i yeah it's a fair point uh my my two lowlights is just like anyone have a map and uh you know, good for you. This is like uh, not as interesting to me. Just like anyone have a map is very cheesy. Yeah. And then good for you is like cheese. I guess it's just like they're too, they, they try to be like, you know, the alt rock hit. But I, I don't think it works completely. Yeah. I think this wheelhouse. is another song order thing and like another workshop thing is that if if only us. So this kind of in the way that I'm rewriting this, this kind of puts the stakes on Zoe and Evan's relationship. But I think making it a smaller story is more interesting. Um, like so if only us was the act one finale, then good for you would be Zoe's song. After he tells her what like he's like, hey, I lied to you. And then she's like, cool. Thank you for manipulating me just like every other man in my life has. Is that good? Or is, it, is that good for you? Are you OK? Like, is that what you need? And I think that song would be much more compelling from her perspective. Do you I, know like, I, mean? I like the idea of like a Zoe song afterwards fail or like and like the again, like that's like it's so stupid to go like you know if you read the novel it explains everything you know that's that's so ridiculous that, that we're looking at the musical the two and a half hour musical that <laughs> people watch it's novel. like you don't have you'll need you shouldn't need supplemental material but the idea of like they delve into like the immediate aftermath of like yeah. oh like you know i stopped talking to zoe i like really hid myself from her like jared and i had a falling out alana and i had a falling out like it really i, I wish there was a little more of that i wish there yeah. was like like because like i think that's the interesting it's like how did evan how did oh, any, any of these characters like react afterwards how do they live with themselves afterwards right. i think that's in really interesting territory but i get that like it it's just like coda but one year later just show, show that so when evan's feeling better and he hasn't had yeah. to we don't have to watch him deal with any of those I was consequences because none of those characters are important to evan anymore only evan's important to evan now right so yeah um so uh let's go through highlights uh <laughs> see lowlights is pretty short. i like we this way <laughs> no look and andrew here's the thing no one no one i'm what i'm gonna say is attacking me. <laughs> i feel very attacked um i'm gonna write some letters and then lie about everything um 
uh, but yeah, I, this is all to say, like, there's no, there's nothing wrong if you like this play. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing, yeah. like, you're, you're not oh, wrong absolutely. for liking this show. If you, res- if this show resonates with you, great. That's what good, that's what theater should do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the only reason we're dunking on it is because we are, our job right now is to dissect this show. But yeah. if we were having a conversation, you were like, I like Dear Evan Hansen. I'd be like, that's not my favorite. And that would be another like, you know what I mean? Right, so right. I just want to, <laughs> just want to say that for you. Like, we're not. No one's dunking on you, you know. Thank you. I think you well, know that, but I just want to say that. I, I knew that, of course, but like, yeah, yeah. thank you for saying <laughs> that too. Because I feel like it, I feel like we're being kind of mean. <laughs> if it were me, just like having a casual conversation, you both know me and know that I wouldn't just say it's not my favorite. You I just do you. like punch. I launched into a five-minute rant. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I just have to conserve my emotional energy for rants because I will literally rant about anything and like. You know, if somebody was unsolicitedly like, I like the show and I would be like, nobody asked for your opinion. Let's just let people have things and move on. <laughs> you know, it, that's yeah. art. Like yeah. art affects yeah. everybody differently. And it's that's OK. Yeah, it's good. And I think like to a point, like it can be hard. It's it can be hard not to always take something like like criticism of a piece you like personally, because it's like indirectly criticizing the other person like indirectly saying like this thing that resonated with you is stupid and bad and this is a bad worshiping a bad guy like all that stuff yeah especially yeah if you see yourself in Evan Hansen and we're like, Evan Hansen's a dick. And then you're like, right. like he deserves to get bullied. <laughs> that end, I do have to also say, Andrew, I trust you enough that I don't feel like I have to hold back. Like, yeah. I feel yeah. like you can hear my opinions and know that it yeah. doesn't mean that I hate you or right. I think you're a bad person or I think you're a bad <laughs> artist. Like, you know, like that. And that to me is very valuable. Absolutely. In a friendship yeah. that I can tell you this and you're not going to be like, no, Jenny. you're not going to start writing. Dear Andrew Lee, Jenny hates you. And <laughs> if I could tell him what I think about Dear Evan Hansen, the musical. OK, like, let's go through highlights. Um, that wasn't good. That wasn't worth it. That wasn't worth me saying. Um <laughs> Uh, Stephanie, what's a highlight for you? You said Requiem, right? Like, I do like Requiem. Um, I will say, I think Waving Through a Window, I think Ben Platt sounds fucking great on Waving Through a Window. I don't know that it's a song that I particularly love, but I think he sounds fucking great he's, on it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty undeniable. He, his vocal yeah, he sings like, the bejesus out of it. Oh, yeah. And I do like the way, I like the way it ends. I like that it just ends. I like when songs kind of like, it's just the, you know, oh, it's just the vocalization. It drops and it goes. Like, I something I love about that. Um, In but, Hamilton, it just ends with, Dirt! Like yeah. <laughs> 20 just songs in that way. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda loves a Broadway Not bump. Not throwing um, away my shot! <laughs> he loves a Broadway bump. And so do lighting designers and so do sound designers. Um, uh, oh, that's yeah, true. I, like, yeah. I do like Requiem. I like Requiem a lot because I think that is... That's what, that's kind of part of what I'm saying where I, like, I think Connor is the most interesting character in the show because it's clear from the beginning that he's not here... You know, to Andrew's point earlier, he's traumatized his sister. Like she makes it very clear that she doesn't like him and he's not nice to her and he's kind of traumatized his parents like they don't seem to like him very much. And then he dies and they all have. And I think that's also a real I think they all have this reaction of like, I don't really want to be sad about you right now because you were kind of a dick to me. And also sometimes that's how grief works. Sometimes you lose somebody and you're like, I don't feel like I should be sad. Right. Like I just can't I can't muster the energy to be sad right now they're they're kind of like zoe's being a being kind of a stephanie of just like i cannot i can't i don't have the energy to empathize with this white guy <laughs> it's like, i know it's <laughs> really but like yeah it's like fucking the, mean I way love to say the, it but it's kind of true <laughs> i love the pronoun change of just like 
I will not play the grieving girl to I cannot play the grieving girl. Like, yeah, I, I, this can't be true. Like this, this the story that Evan's telling me can't be true because it really puts into question why what uh, that I thought I knew my brother, you know, yeah. and and also like I love that, you know, the three perspectives in that song mm-hmm. is done really successfully. And then like yeah. the mom going like, you know, I will not sing a requiem because she has hope again because she has like, you know, she he's not dead anymore. To, to the point of he's not dead anymore. Losing someone is finite, you know, like that's it. Yeah. There's no more pictures. There's no more stories. That's a closed set now of that person. And for Cynthia to feel like there's more mm-hmm. to find. It's mm-hmm. it, it makes sense why she feels so moved by that. And Requiem was my highlight, too, yeah. for a lot of the same reasons you mentioned stuff, hearing the different perspectives. I think Zoe's character is very compelling. Yeah. Um, in one song and none of the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah that, that's it. That's the only peak we get into her psyche. But yeah, like I said before, I have this pet peeve about people like trying to make it out like someone who has died is mm-hmm. this wonderful person when no one is is a wonderful everyone is full of contradictions and Absolutely. it's hard to it's hard to address those things after someone has passed away and just i feel like requiem is the most honest song in the show yeah. it's mm-hmm. complex it's addressing all of these different feelings it's personal um and i do really like that. I, I really do i actually really like disappear too i really i think that i think that that song perhaps more successful is more successful in that message than um you will be found you know, and to a lot of Andrew's points earlier, that's a whole song about like, no one deserves to disappear. No one should be forgotten, you know? And I just think I love a good, I just love a good male harmony and those boys sound so good singing that song. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think Requiem and, and Disappear are my two highlights on that. On the- I, I like a male harmony because, uh, you know, the Blues Clues mail time song. Mail time. Yeah, wow, here's the mail. It never fails. It goes hey, to the because there's no harmony in that song, and you made it. You just the Steve and the mailbox harmonize. I think mail time. They they think they do. Well, whatever. <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out. After. Do you want to hear more of my highlights? I'd love to hear more highlights, Jenny. If you have more, uh, I like I said, I when I saw the Broadway musical, it did not star Ben Platt, and so listening to the soundtrack, I was very, very impressed. He is a singular talent. Like I was yeah, astonished yeah, by the vocal quality and the command of his instrument. I thought was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I also really like uh, "So Big, So Small," and yeah. I think that Heidi is a fascinating character and kind of to what you were saying before Steph, I feel like she's the one character who exists outside of Evan's perspective of her. Like, I feel like there's more to her that she, Mm. I I, I can imagine that she has a life off stage. Right. So getting to hear her sing that ballad at the end, which was so um, vulnerable and intimate was definitely a highlight. Hardest, hardest crying for me in the show was when she was singing it. She, that she's loving him unconditionally, even though he's done all these terrible things. I thought yeah. it was very moving. And I, I went back and listened to that one today. So I watched I watched the very legal um, version of the show. And then I had to listen to the soundtrack to kind of get the clarity of the lyrics on that one. The first time I like when I watched it, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, so it's like, first of all, this is like, I was like, this is so late in act two to have a fucking song that has new plot in it. And like, this is not. And I was like, it's so not new. Plot. I don't think it's it new. Just, plot. It just, but, you know, watching it, I was like, this is not interesting. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, yeah, these like getting to hear the words of that or like yeah it's really stunning like you know like you're you he was so young when the when his dad moved his stuff out and you know he was so excited about a real truck and she had to say there's not you know there's not going to be a truck that takes your mom away so um 
Yeah, like it reminds me of two things. First thing reminds me of the speech in eighth grade. The dad, the dad gives to the girl. It's, oh, the movie. Yeah, like the idea of like, you know, when your mom left, I was so scared. But, you know, I found bravery by just you, by you. And all the, everyone's saying like, you're such a good, she's such a good kid. And if you knew, if you knew, if you could, if you could see yourself how I see you, you wouldn't be scared, you know, like so beautiful. And then like, it also reminds me of just like uh, when I was a kid, when I was like a baby, uh, there's this woman who lived with us, like who kind of took care of me as a baby. And she went through like, she went through like this grief. She was going through this grief. And just the fact that just by taking care of me um, helped her, you know, I didn't do mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. I'm a baby. I'm a baby. I didn't do anything. I-, I didn't do anything like, and then here I am like going, like I'm worthless. I, you know, I, I, I'm worthless. I, I, I don't matter. I'm not going to do anything important. And then just, but the fact that being helped someone, you know, and like, I, the, the probably, the, it's, it's definitely happened with my parents too, like raising me, like that was meaningful to them. You know, I, I didn't have, I don't have to be, I don't have to like prove my worth to them all the time and stuff like that. I think good parents can like provide context for you in a way that like you can't for yourself. Like, because like they knew you before you could remember yourself. Like they, they took care of you in a way that like, you know, you, you don't have memories of like, and also like having, like having an external, like observing someone is different from living inside of yourself. I think it's, I think Andrew, it's you. And what are your highlights for the, uh, okay. So <laughs> Andrew, you can't say the whole show. <laughs> no, I, 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 Keep I don't it think concise. the whole show. I don't think the whole show. <laughs> like for forever is really great. I like the, uh, the idea of like, Oh, it's so like, I think that song's so valuable because it's Evan wish like kind of talking about what he wish he had for himself. Like he wishes he had a friend like that. Um, and, uh, he, and not like a blue genie guy. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, so that's a song I like. And it's also like providing catharsis for the family too. Like, like kind of like, mm-hmm. so like you see, like, I think that's a really smart thing to do. They do is like, you see why he would lie like this, you know, you see why he would like in every, dis- so that when he's like the lies get out of control, you're like, I don't like this, but I get it. Kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, only us is just like a really beautiful. It, it's a really beautiful, like I definitely, it's a really beautiful love song. It's a really sweet love song. And I would argue that like, there's like, it's on some level, like, uh, Zoe's taking some autonomy for herself in terms of like, I don't want to be defined by my, my, my brother. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to always talk about that. I want to like be my own person. And I choose Evan. I choose you basically. And like the idea of like, that's always, that's such a sweet thing of just like, you don't have to like, couldn't, you don't have to like, I'm someone with like a lot of like self-doubt and anxiety and stuff like that. And like to have someone say like romantic or otherwise, like you don't have to like, keep trying to convince me not to leave you you don't have to like keep there's nothing else you have to do to make i'm already in this you don't have to make terrible puns in order for people to like (laughs) yeah that's right um but it helps (laughs) and again again, it's like it's 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 it's, frosting on the uk baby it's 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 also it were it's kind of like that frozen song and just like love is an open door just like like, oh, it's such a sweet song if it wasn't for, like, the prince was evil, basically. Right. Like, 
So again, it's like it's working on multiple levels. Like I, I like mm-hmm. I would I would argue against like it's not working on a story level because it I think it is like I would like to see that song performed by somebody else because I think that it it reads as it reads as a real bummer of a song to me when I listen to it. <laughs> it just feels really fucking sad. And I'm like, I think this is a love song, but it sounds like she's really upset. So I'd like to see somebody else do that song that wasn't musical directed to be really like Debbie Downer. And finally, just finally, just words fail, I think is. Like re like just like it, once again an impressive feat of acting and singing, like it's so impressive. Uh, just like, and I think he's facing it's him facing the con like having that question answered of waving through a window. This is this is why I don't speak up or like you know step out into the sun because what if everyone saw and what if everyone knew like, like would they hate me as much as I hate myself? Like I think that's really really fucking devastating to me like i think and like again just like him no understanding the enormity of what he's done and just like that there's no solution there's no solution to that yeah so uh let's get through uh any 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 other stray observations any other things you want to point out before we move on to final thoughts i was gonna say i think i've got i think i think we i think we covered everything i needed to cover yeah all right, so uh, let's get the final thoughts and ratings. The way this works is we'll uh, give our final thoughts and ratings and also uh, rate this out of 10 with a fun metric at the end. I think that I think this is actually a really tough one for me to rate because I think in the context of the musical, I, I, I think that it's a really good pop album. I think the soundtrack on its own is is a good pop album. I think that in the context, I think well, and I think I, something I was going to tack onto your your discussion of words fails i think words fails a really beautiful song that i wish was more earned like i just don't i don't i think that generally i don't feel like any of the music it just feels like there's no rhyme or reason for when and why they start singing it's just kind of like well we have to write a musical so there has to be music it just doesn't feel earned to me um so i think that the i think if i was like rating the soundtrack on its own i would probably give it like a six or a seven Maybe a seven. Actually, I might just say like a seven, seven and a half. I'll go higher than that. But like rating it, rating it in the context, like rating the show, I'm going like five and a half, six apple orchards, I guess. <laughs> you know, but I don't know. It's 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 tough for me. I don't know. What to, that's that's not a really great reading. Yeah, I like you took the words out of my mouth, Steph. Uh, the soundtrack, I would give like a solid seven waves through a window. The show itself, I would definitely give a lot lower, like a three um three manufactured emails allegedly written by a suicide victim because i just thought that the messages were very garbled and troublesome but the music is is gorgeous i liked it and the vocals are i think also very strong it's incredibly flawed i think the show is incredibly flawed i think it's incredible like and i don't think any of you are wrong for thinking it's flawed or that's not the part i really want to contest at all um but yeah, it's just like I think usually with me and with like art, I try to like really when I watch like Promising Young Woman, like I, I like I watched it for the first time. And I really liked it. And then I read criticisms that were very valid. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't like blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, I revisited it and I was like, well, I still like even though I, I remember what things mean to me, I remember what things mm-hmm. like what like the feeling and like, I don't think you could like quantify that. I don't think you could like you can't really measure. There's no mathematical like you can't like measure love. You can't measure like, you know, um, what, you know, what something like means to you when you listen to it or something like that. Right. 
and like uh, at promising young woman doesn't mean as much to me as like this like and like you know i'm not like oh who's really changing my life but it's like but like, i think the impact of it like like whoa the boldness of like some of the choices and stuff like that but then when you zoom out it's like oh some of these choices are like problematic and a little demented other stuff like that um yeah like when i listened to it i really liked it a lot i really held a very special place in my heart uh from the times i've seen it from the time I saw it and listened to it just like for the last few years. And um, yeah, I, I just like, I think the message that made that like the one word message in this musical is kind of more like uh, just be honest and you will be found in turn. And it might not happen right away. You know, the, you'll fall off a tree and you'll you'll like be there for, you know, 20 minutes and like maybe no one will come then, but maybe like life is life is long. Life is long and life. It's short and it's long at the same time of just like I think that is helpful for like people who s suffer with depression or people who like kind of the idea of it might not happen now, but like maybe like in the pl in a place you're not looking or if you like if you just like put out a homing beacon someone will resonate with it someone will connect you'll be able to connect somehow like it might not be Zo the zoe you thought it was but like it might be some like it might be your mom it might be you know this guy you knew in high school but then you kind of like fell out and then you come back together basically uh, that's i think that's a very i think that's a helpful message i think that's a good thing i think that's a good thing to especially with like because like a lot of the demographic is probably like high schoolers like a lot of like high schoolers probably listen to this and like feel this way and um so yeah and i i and like the messiness of like the narrative and like the implications of it i kind of like i like that it's messy and i like that it's not cut and paste like uh easy answer i like that it's just like the the lesson you learn came through like a messy means and it's also like it's it's to me it's fine because it's fiction it's not real it's not a real mm -hmm. dude so um so i'm gonna give it um i'm gonna give him nine ties that evan ties without looking at an actual mirror uh 10 so uh yeah uh now let's get through uh our i've been meaning to listen to that and we did playlist <laughs> There you go. Um, so uh, who would like to go first? I can go. Uh, <laughs> lately, I've been really into a country artist named Mickey Guyton. She Quick. has been around for a while, oh, yeah. but I only was introduced to her music recently through a related country music scandal. So um, she has an EP. I don't have it pulled up, but I can pull it up in a second while Steph is talking. Um, so I've been really enjoying listening to her songs. Some of them are very moving ballads and some of them are a little more boppy. I guess one that has been fun for summer is called uh, Rosé. And it's about how she could drink Rosé all day. And uh, it's very upbeat and springy. I like it. Click. Everybody's singing about whiskey. Everybody's talking about tequila. Moonshine dripping in the moonlight. Lips tasting like sangria. There's always a time for strawberry wine, but it ain't that. Okay, so uh, I'll go next. Uh, Michael's like annoyed, like feels annoyed by uh, Ben Platt, which like okay, um, but like I since since he's not here, I want to like put another person on the sh on the playlist who's in, he's annoyed by. But I think the song's good. Um, I'm gonna pick uh, anyone by Demi Lovato. 
Click. I tried to talk to my piano. I tried to talk to my guitar. Talk to my imagination. Confided into alcohol. I tried and tried. And tried. Uh, I think it's a very, I think it's like incredibly tragic song. And like, this is like kind of like pre. This is like kind of pre overdose, like pre like, you know, uh, relapse. I'm singing a song and no one cares. I'm I'm trying to like I, I have this platform, but no like, you know, and these songs are dumb and no one cares. And like I, I it's like and then like they're they're alive and like they're doing well and like, um, you know, they they've made peace with their body on some level and like you know they're working through a lot of stuff and they came out as non-binary and like yeah good that's amazing that's uh, that's so beautiful like you you just like that's the thing just like keep again life is long you could <laughs> you, there there's a lot of there's so many chances and there's so many um and i think everyone deserves those chances and everyone deserves like a chance to start over or try again so yeah that's that's amazing i love the song so. so I actually wanted to go uh, musical theater as well. I wanted to kind of keep it in, in, in world. Um, but I, I, uh, my addition for the playlist this week is um, Superboy and the Invisible Girl Ooh, from Next to Normal. choice. Click. Superboy and the Invisible Girl, son of steel and daughter of air. He's a hero, a lover, a prince. She's not there. Um... <laughs> I, I just I think it's I think Next to Normal is a is just a phenomenal phenomenal show about um, depression and 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 not not only what it's like like not only having depression but how it affects your family and seeing how it affects your family and not being able to do anything I mean it's just it just it just it just deals with everybody in the family really well like it, you know you see the mom and you know she wants to and she's trying but she can't and the the dad's trying to support her and he can't and the daughter just wants to be seen and actually that's what that's what this song is is about um the daughter just wants to be seen and loved by her mom the way that her mom loves the son she never had the baby that died right um and so superboy and the invisible girl is he's you know this this brother this child that doesn't exist is your perfect child and and i'm never gonna be that kid and you don't see me and and if you don't look at me in time i'm gonna go away i'm gonna disappear and i won't be here anymore so that's my that's my addition to the playlist uh, so thank you, thank you both for coming on the show. Uh, th apologies for running a little long, um, but yeah, like uh, you could follow me at Andrew A Lee at, on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow the show at IBMTLTT on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You could follow Steph's Steph Senior at Steph M Senior on all platforms. S T E F M Senior, and uh, you could follow Michael Limitado at. Uh, at Lemon Taco. Taco on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Sean at T1 underscore Sean on Instagram and uh, Diabetic Twink on Twitter.com. And uh, now we'll have a closing sentiment from uh, Jenny. The closing sentiment was just a grimace. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is my closing sentiment. We can work with no, that. No, what's your... That's, uh, fine. Uh, 
All right, all right. So uh, Jenny's is the grimace, and what's uh, Stephanie's closing sentiment? Uh, some people say that cucumbers taste better than pickle, but I don't agree. Wow. That is actually, I can't, sorry. I was under pressure. That's not original to me. That was something that a friend, a friend of my mom said to her, and we just, like, it's the most insane thing in the world. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, speaking of cucumbers, uh, stay cool out there, Avenini's, and have a good day. Pew, pew. I'm cool now. Click. I don't understand.